0: Welcome back, folks. You're listening to Politics with Shireen. Today, I am humbly coming to you from the comfort and safety of my bed, as these past few days have been pretty exhausting, frustrating, heartbreaking. Honestly, there are a lot of adjectives I could use to describe how I've been feeling these past few days. And um, to be honest, I wasn't planning on making another podcast for about a week or two, and I certainly wasn't planning on, um, making another podcast so soon that is, I guess, so heavy and grave, but this is the world we live in, folks. Um, and just a few days ago, as a lot of people probably know, George Floyd was murdered, um, at the hands of a white police officer with three other officers who stood by and allowed this murder to happen and again i don't really want to go into the nitty-gritty of the details or the case because i'm sure most folks have seen videos or seen the news and the one thing i will say about you know the videos and stuff is that folks need to be aware that it is harmful to share violent videos it is harmful to share videos of black people being murdered and black people experiencing violence spreading videos of these things only produces more trauma and harm so instead of sharing videos that you know have violence in them particularly against you know black community we need to share things like art or links to action items or books to read or petitions to sign or numbers of representatives to call to demand justice these are actual action items that will do way more to helping than spreading violence. So before I get into anything else, I'd like to share a little clip from a speech of Malcolm X talking about police brutality, and I think it surely applies to what is going on today in America. So here it is, folks.
1: The controlled press, the white press, inflames the white public against Negroes. The police are able to use it to paint the Negro community as a criminal element. The police are able to use the press to make the white public think that 90 percent or 99 percent of the Negroes in the Negro community are criminals. And once the white public is convinced that most of the Negro community is a criminal element, then this automatically paves the way for the police to move into the Negro community, exercising Gestapo tactics, stopping any black man who is in the, on, on the sidewalk, whether he is guilty or whether he is innocent, whether he is well-dressed or whether he is poorly dressed, Whether he is educated or whether he is dumb, whether he's a Christian or whether he's a Muslim, as long as he is black and a member of the Negro community, the white public thinks that the white policeman is justified in going in there and trampling on that man's civil rights and on that man's human rights. Once the police have convinced the white public that the so-called Negro community is a criminal element. They can go in and question, brutalize, murder unarmed, innocent Negroes and the white public is gullible enough to back them up. This makes the Negro community a police state, this makes the Negro neighborhood a police state. It's the the most heavily patrolled, it has more police in it than any other neighborhood, yet it has more crime in it than any other neighborhood. How can you have more cops and more crime? Why? It shows you that the cops must be in cahoots with the criminals.
0: Mind you, these recordings of Malcolm X were taken about 50 years ago. And I won't try to recite or re-say what he said because he did it perfectly. But the simple fact that we can still apply everything that he is saying to the modern day should speak volumes on how racism has not stopped. How racism is still ingrained into our everyday society. And also that racism won't stop until a collective effort is made. Until it is not just black folks fighting for their own freedom. Until it's white folks recognizing their privilege and actually joining this fight. And also non-black people of color joining this fight. With that being said, here's another recording of Malcolm X talking about collective action and the importance of action in times like these.
1: In order for you and me to devise some kind of method or strategy to offset some of the events or repetition of the events that have taken place here in Los Angeles recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we're dealing in hate. We are oppressed, we are exploited, we are downtrodden, we are denied not only civil rights but even human rights. So the only way we're going to get some of this oppression and exploitation away from us or aside from us is come together against a common enemy.
0: Before I end, I would just like to make one final point and share some resources with y'all. That point is that it is critical right now for white folks and non-black people of color to stand up and to take action right now. There are so many things that we can do, folks. So many things. Some external action items that I'd like for you to consider include supporting the Minnesota Freedom Fund, which helps pay bail for those who are arrested during protests in Minneapolis. You can text Floyd to 55156. You can sign petitions, which I'll link a couple in the description box. You can call Minnesota officials who are in charge of some of these cases, and I can also provide some of those numbers in the description if you are comfortable. And some other action items that I like to think about are more internal or personal as they help folks reflect on their own feelings, their own biases, and also is an important part of, you know, education and educating oneself on the harms of racism and oppression. Um, And so some of these action items include reading literature that is written by Black authors and activists, such as Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins, or This Bridge Called My Back, which is a compilation of writings by radical women of color. You can understand your white privilege and learn how to use that privilege to fight for those who are oppressed. You can also listen to podcasts like About Race or Intersectionality Matters, which is by Kimberly Crenshaw. You can donate to organizations such as your local NAACP chapter. And you can also ask yourself important questions. Here are some that are compiled by Lisa Oliveira. What have you not had to worry about because you are white or non-black? In what ways have guilt and shame stopped you from engaging in anti-racism work? How do you feel when you consider your own racism and biases? And if you haven't already, I would ask yourself on a daily basis, what racism and biases do I have? And remember folks, this is not a one day do all type of thing. Activism and advocacy takes labor, labor over time. We have spent all of our lives being socialized to uphold these harmful norms of racism and oppression. So don't expect to rid yourself of racism in a few days or biases for that matter. Commit to a lifetime of learning and education so that you can educate yourself to become a part of taking action against racism and to stand alongside black folks. This is all for today and Thank you so much for listening and for supporting my podcast. Thank you to everyone who's contributed to the following message and the message that I will also be living my listeners with, which is Black Lives Matter. They always have. They always will. Black Lives Matter.
1: Black Lives Matter.
0: Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Breanne Weeringa. Black lives matter. Catherine Anthony.
1: My name is Michael Bass, and I know Black Lives Matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black Lives Matter.
0: Black Lives Matter. My name is Mac Parker, and Black Lives Matter.
1: Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. Black lives matter.